Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Dashing through the snow On a horse up in sleigh Over the fields we go Laughing all the way Ha ha ha! Hello everyone! Merry Christmas and welcome to another exciting episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. As always, I'm your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, lifetime superhero fan. And not only have you reached the podcast that talks animation and talks superheroes, we are also talking Christmas. Yep, welcome to the official Christmas episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse, episode 115. Yes, sir. Be gone! Be gone, you miserable little beggars, before I give you something to sing about. Thanks for joining us and hope you have a Merry Christmas. Going to briefly go over the rules for any newcomers. Then we're going to jump right into the holiday festives. Or holiday festival, should I say. <laughs> Rule number one. Like I said, we talk comics, we talk animation. Rule number two. I'm a huge fan of old team-up books. Brave and the Bold DC Comics presents Marvel Team-Up. So it's a team-up podcast every week. Myself and a special guest talking comics, animation. Rule number three, most important, we got to have fun. And uh, rule number four just for this is we got to talk Christmas. Now, without further ado, I'm going to bring my guest out. He is the former host of the For the Pops podcast, the host of the Let the Chaos Begin podcast, the multiverse's Batman expert, and the guest from the most popular episode in the history of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Welcome back to the show, and a Merry Christmas to the one and only Jamie. Well, ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, Matt. Well, I'm happy to have me back. It's the holiday season. Uh, bells are ringing, reindeer on the roof. And Frosty chilling in my backyard. How's everything going for you? Good, good. Getting ready for the holidays. You, as well as being a Batman fan, are, uh, as the way I understand it, a huge Christmas fan. Big Christmas fan. Very excited. Uh, we actually, we just bought a new house out here. Uh, I'm in California now. Just bought a new house. So this is our first time decorating our new house uh, for Christmas. And what's amazing out here is, you know, Matt, you remember me probably my house back east. And I was always a big Christmas decorator with inflatables. Uh, in the front yard and lights everywhere. And I decided when I moved out here, I was going to scale back a little bit because I'm older, you know, more mature. We're going to tone it down. What I didn't realize out here is I don't know if it's the weather, like Christmas decorations in California are absolutely insane. Uh, my wife and I, we took a little ride. It's become our tradition since we moved out here. There's uh, an area out here called Hastings Ranch. And it's literally just a suburban neighborhood. It's, but it's like 10 square blocks where every single house decorates. And we're talking like like the stuff you see on TV, like tune your radio to this station, coordinate. So it's it's amazing. So I, I have had to ramp up my game a little bit again. Um, not going overboard, but I found a nice little middle ground where I, I still get to be festive, but at least uh, being respectable to my new uh, California neighbors. Uh, any anything inflatable? Um, no inflatables anymore. I've kind of moved away from inflatables. Now it's more of like the icicle lights around the whole trim of the house. And then some uh, some more tasteful light-up decorations in the front yard. Because my daughter's older now, the inflatables. And the other thing is where I am, we get what's called the Santa Ana winds. So you will see, you know, giant inflatables kind of flip-flopping down the street if they're not weighed down carefully enough. So Now, uh, the last time you did a Christmas episode with me, it is the most popular episode in the history of my podcast. Which brings me to a question, Matt. All right. I haven't been on, I think we were talking right before, I haven't been on the show since May. It's been a long year, okay? But I I, I was the 2001 Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse Guest of the Year. I was the 2002 Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse Guest of the Year. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but I know we have an announcement coming up at the end of the episode where, I mean, technically 3Pete has been trademarked by somebody else, but we're probably going to use it when we name me the two. 2023 Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse Guest of the Year again. 
I have your most downloaded episode of all time. On top of that, we've been friends for what, probably known each other about a decade, right? Yeah, I think so. I think 2011, I think we met. Yeah, so over, over a decade, we've been friends. Uh, I, I was at your I was at your wedding. You were. We've we've had fun together. I love Christmas. I love Batman. So based on all of that, I have a question for you. Fire away. Why would you make me watch this? <laughs> what have I done to upset you so much <laughs> since May that you would make me watch this? All right. Well, uh, hold that thought. We're going to get into that a little bit more in detail. Um, like I, every guest, I have a Christmas episode, and we might have done this last time. What are some of some of or your favorite Christmas thing to watch of all time? So my Christmas traditions are Thanksgiving weekend. We will watch the original uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, not that what was it mid nineties crap fest yeah, with uh, the guy from Jurassic Park. Uh, the original in black and white. We'll watch that Thanksgiving weekend. Um, in terms of some of our traditional movies or our favorites, I I am a Christmas Story fan. Uh, I know a lot of people have kind of said they don't like it as much. But I will admit, over the course of that 24 hours when TBS or TNT uh, will play it over and over again, I will make an effort to, over the course of 24 hours, uh, watch that movie at least once, uh, beginning to end. So th those are probably my two favorites. More modern ones, um, I I'm drawing a blank. Um, which of the more recent ones? I think they were Disney with um, uh, Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. Santa Chronicles. Santa Chronicles. I thought those were cute and clever. And um, I also liked uh, Noel with uh, Anna Kendrick, uh, possibly just because I liked Anna Kendrick. So before we get into uh, Batman Christmas festivities, you know what time it is? It's time for some trivia. Oh, boy. Okay. Ready to now, go. Last time we did Batman trivia, you got all three of your questions right. I forgot about this part. I'm, I'm out of practice, but I'm ready. Now, I recently had an acquaintance of ours, Raymond, on the show, and uh -huh. um, he he took exception to you being the expert. He he got two out of three of his Batman questions correct. So, let me see. He says I gave you a softball question, though. Is two out of three more or less than three out of three? <laughs> well, technically, it is less than two okay, out of three. Okay, technically. All right. <sighs> I'm surprised Ray has cell service in the cave he lives in and you were able to reach him to do an episode, but continue. He says I gave you a softball question. What so, was the softball uh, question? When I asked you about the uh, circumstances surrounding the death in the family storyline back in the Oh, 80s. please. Wait, it wasn't your first question like some garbage thing where like the answer was like Calendar Man or something? <laughs> I had a question. Yeah, Clock King from the Clock Batman. King, thank you. <laughs> Because I remember, I remember now. Because like I'm, I'm talking about okay, it's gonna be something. Like I was, I was like vacillating between like Calendar Man, Crazy Quilt, or or freaking Clock King, and I guess right. On that note, I, I uh, don't let it be said I never take feedback in. So I've tried to make the questions not too challenging. Uh, <sighs> probably for the anniversary episode, they'll be they'll be harder. But these, I have Ray, two questions. They're. One Ray, is like the, Ray is the Kansas City Chiefs of your podcast. I'm, you're crying. I'm sorry. Look, it's offside. Those are the rules. Now quit your crying. You lost. <laughs> uh, so I have a Damian Wayne question and I have a Batman Christmas question. All right. Go ahead. I'm ready. All right. So this first Damian Wayne question, I, I am. I will give you multiple choice if you, if yeah. you like. Okay. What animated DC direct movie is the first animated appearance of Damian Wayne, a.k.a. Robin. Wow. And like I said, I was willing to give you a uh, multiple choice on this one, unless you want to just hit me with the answer. Okay, I have no, I have absolutely no idea, but... <laughs> so not a softball? No, it's not a softball question. Like I know Damian Wayne debut, technically debuted in the graphic novel... I think it was called Son of the Demon, right? Yeah, the guy's jumping ahead of the gun. But yes, that is correct. Batman, yeah. Son of the Demon, back in 1987. We're going to get into that a little bit more as well. Yeah, so I, I know that's where he... So I don't, I don't know, was was there like an animated something called Son of the Demon? So all right, I guess I'll take multiple, multiple choice for half credit. All right. Was Damian Wayne's first animated appearance in A, Batman 
Batman Bad Blood, B, Son of Batman, or C, Batman versus Robin? I'm going to go with, because I know it was Son of the Demon, I'm going to go with Son of Batman. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. 2014's direct-to-DVD, Son of Batman. That seems like like an animated thing to do where you take the actual title of the graphic novel, but you want Batman in it. So, all right. All right, cool. I'll take half credit. All right, so we're going to give you the uh, Batman Christmas trivia, combining two of your favorite things. Okay, yes. Back in 1970, Batman issue 219, The Silent Night of Batman, a story you claim to be one of your favorite Batman stories. Yeah. What legendary Batman artist drew that story? Oh, wow. What year was it? Help me out. 1970, Batman issue 219. You claim it's one of your favorite Batman stories. I, I want to go with Jim Aparo, but I'm trying to think, was he later in the 70s? Oh, God, I don't want Ray to be right. This sucks. Well, at least you could take solace in that. Neither of these were softball questions. No. See, I feel like Aparo was later. Neil Adams never really did. All right, I know Aparo was later. I'm going to guess Neil Adams, but I think it's wrong. Two for two. Ding, 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 ding. Really? Legendary Batman... Well, legendary comic artist Neil Adams drew The Silent Night of the Batman. See, I could see it in my head, and I'm like, I, I knew the style, and I knew I knew Jim Aparo was a little bit later. So, all right, wow, see? Look at you, two for two. It's, it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. <laughs> and no one can say you got softballs. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> so, which brings us to the subject of our episode. Ugh. Merry little Batman. Can't we just say, like, do more trivia, say goodnight in 20 minutes, and, and Merry Christmas to all, to all good night? Uh, I think you might be going into this with a bad attitude. Holy hell. All right, let's go. Batman Christmas Special, just released December 8th, 2023 on Amazon Prime. Now, uh, as anyone may or may not know recently, because of Warner Brothers' uh, financial... Uh, problems they've been kind of i wouldn't say leasing or uh, licensing there but they've been pretty much uh putting their products out there on other things uh amazon and netflix just got a bunch of the dceu films 2b has a bunch of the dc films and uh cape crusader the animated show upcoming and uh merry little batman both going to amazon prime yes and now the only one of the only good things i will say about this is because i am an amazon prime member yeah that I didn't have to pay extra to watch this. <laughs> and in fact, you might hear my printer going in the background right now. I'm printing out my return label that I want Amazon to refund me 90 minutes of my life back. <laughs> now, um, this was originally supposed to be on HBO Max, but due to uh, what had happened with the financial thing, it ended up being on uh, Amazon Prime. Which is a good thing in a way, because that means that... Uh, you know, maybe the DC characters won't be so... Well, now that James Gunn is starting the DCU, maybe they will be, but uh, who knows? A couple of uh, neat factors. We're not going to go into the whole history. Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger, for anyone know. We're not going to go into huge history. This focuses on Damian Wayne. I'm curious, how did Bruce Wayne become Batman? I don't. That's one trivia question I don't know. It's, it's a mystery. Hopefully... And the Brave and the Bold and the Batman 2 films that are in yeah. the works, both of them will tell us his origin. I'm sorry. I'll, I, I know how this part goes. I'll shut up and let you do this little, hey, here's, here's who's in the movie. Go ahead. So Damian Wayne, the son of Batman. It's weird because when you look him up, he's credited as being created by Grant Morrison and Andy Kubert. But technically, he first showed up as an infant in what the aforementioned Batman, Son of the Demon written by Mike Barr back in 1987. So I guess they're more Grant Morrison and Andy Kubert developed and created the teenage right. version. But, but I don't think he was ever actually named Damien back then, was he? 
No, I believe it was yeah. just Talia and Batman's son. Um, what do you think of, uh, in comparison with the other Robins, Damian Wayne? One of the recent storylines I liked was, I forget why Bruce stepped away, but when it was, uh, I enjoyed when it was Dick Grayson as Batman and Damian Wayne as Robin. Because I liked for once we actually had a more, a little bit more loose and fun Batman and, and Robin was a serious one. So I, I, I like Damian Wayne. I, I would say he probably cracks my top three, I guess, maybe. So who's the Robin that he's bet? Who, who, what's, what's the one Robin that doesn't make your top three? Well, you know, I, I, I guess I, I, this is a, a much more nerdy conversation um, than maybe I'm prepared to have right now. Because I, I feel like what DC has done with both Tim Drake and Jason Todd yep. is they, they've, they've changed the characters so much over time that they're not the same characters that they introduced way back when. So it's tough. Like Jason Todd, the original Jason Todd, kind of sucked as a Robin. So I would put Damian Wayne ahead of Jason Todd, definitely. And like I liked original Tim Drake of how they brought him in and and the way he kind of figured out who Batman and Robin were and all of that. So I liked Tim Drake, but now I think I read recently and I, I haven't kept on top. Like for a while, didn't they actually change? He wasn't no longer Robin. Then he was Red Robin, right? I I think so. I've kind of lost track. And then for a little while, like he had a cup of coffee where. His superhero name was Drake, like the playoff of a male duck. <laughs> but that would be like Superman coming out and it was like his new, and my new superhero name is Kent. What? That makes no sense. What? And Dick Grayson is still my favorite Robin. I'm on the fence in Damian Wayne. I've liked some stuff with him. I really liked uh, the Super Sons animated movie they did, mm -hmm. but... Uh, I've heard nothing but great things about the Batman and Robin series that Grant Morrison did where... Yeah. It was, like you had said, Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne. I, I'm just of the belief, did we really need another Robin? See, and again, this is where we'd have to start nerding out a little bit in that I, I don't understand how all the Robins keep aging, yeah. but Batman stays the same. <laughs> and they kind of retcon it all the time where it's like, but it's like, if you actually do the math, it's like, like Dick Grayson was Robin for like a month and a half at this point. Just the way time passed. So um, I agree with you that I, I like when Damian Wayne is played as kind of the serious, intense partner to Batman who still has something to learn. I think what a lot of these uh, writers do right now, and, and sometimes I'll read, I'll have to stop, is when they just kind of turn him into a little raging a-hole, that's not as much fun to me. This is a little off. So I, I don't... They never should have brought Jason Todd back from the dead. But. No, but but Superboy Prime punched a wall. He did. He punched a hole in reality. <laughs> right. He punched a wall. And Jason. But no, see, I, I will disagree with you on one point. The way they brought Jason Todd back in Hush, which, as you know, is my other top three all-time Batman's favorite stories, right? Yes. That would have been awesome the way they did it. The fact that they added, let's face it, in, in superhero and comics, People can come back from the dead. It happens all the time, right? All the time. And you know, if and and they had the mythology there for it, because one of your one of your main people in your Batman universe has a Lazarus pit. That's what it does, right? It brings people back from the dead. But the fact that it was because we said because Superboy punched a wall. Come on now, stop. So, uh, Merry Little Batman was uh, directed by Mike Roth, written by uh, Morgan Evans, Jace Ricky, and uh, Mike Roth. Uh, now, Jace, uh, I think it's Ricci, uh, she had actually, I think that's a she, actually had worked on the Doom, Batman the Doom that comes to Gotham as well. We're not going to do a whole thing about this. Uh, originally, this was developed as kind of a backdoor pilot. They were planning a Batman family cartoon. Holy hell. <laughs> Which I personally, not a big fan of the Batman family. Uh, I think one sidekick's enough. I don't know why. Everybody needs a family now. Now, uh, some interesting uh, little tidbits about this was uh, Carmen Infantino, the legendary DC, uh, the late Carmen Infantino, 
they used a voice recording of him in this movie. He's the character who gets his coffee ruined by Poison Ivy. Spoiler alert. Uh, so, but they used a voice recording of the legend Carmen Infantino, which is, I think is a pretty neat bit. I thought they used an audio clip of him rolling over in his grave uh, that this thing was, was produced. <laughs> All right. Well, spoiler alerts. For... <laughs> we haven't even, we're, we're way far away from the, uh, our ranking and yours is really not going so well. Um, God. One thing I liked about this was I, I looked up while researching it, Inverse, I don't know if it's an online magazine, but they had a quote that this is the best Batman movie of the year. Is that magazine based in California? I don't know. It's I, I found an online article. There are a lot of drugs that are legal here, which would explain that reasoning. What, what, what was the other Batman movie that came out this year? Oh, is this the only one? I think Batman, the doom that came to Gotham City might have come out this year. So I guess by their logic, it beat one other Batman. (laughs) I no, You know what? You know what else came out this year? There's this guy on TikTok. Yeah. Right. Who does these funny skits as Batman beating up, beating up citizens for minor crimes in Gotham City. Okay. His collective collection of TikToks were better than this movie. (laughs) Now, uh. I haven't said it already, since this is new, this was just released, there's going to be major spoilers, so if you haven't watched it yet, don't. Watch it, put this on pause, watch it, and come back. <laughs> no. No, no, no. no! Don't listen to him. Don't pause. Keep listening, because I would rather have you listen to me talk about this movie for 30 minutes than ruin 90 minutes of your life like I did. So, like all Batman stories, it has to have like almost his entire rogues gallery, but we're only going to go over the four major players. Batman uh, is voiced by Luke Wilson. Oh, why? Owen Wilson's brother, who's been in many things from old school to uh, Blue Streak to Vacancy. Um, in other uh, comic books, he's on the show Stargirl playing Stripes. Now, fun fact, this was a conscious choice by Luke Wilson not to use the Batman voice. And it might be the first time that's been done since possibly Adam West. Yeah, because why would you want to do anything vaguely related to Batman in this movie? Sure, sure, throw Wilson in there as Batman. Because clearly when we all think of great Batman voices, the Wilson brothers come to mind. Well, my only regret is that not doing the Batman voices, every Batman, regardless you like him, Always had an iconic line in the Batman voice. You know, Michael Keaton said, you know, I'm Batman. Christian Bale said, I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> really? That's your that's a quote you're going with? Alright, we can go with uh Swear to Me. Swear to me, thank you. That's better. Uh Ben Affleck had Why did you say that name? Yeah. And Robert Pattinson had What have you done? What what about George Clooney? Hey, Freeze, I'm Batman. (laughs) He didn't really do the back credit card. Don't leave home without it. Oh, my God. Val Kilmer had, it's the car, right? Chicks dig the car. (laughs) Oh. But Luke Wilson's logic was he thought it'd be more dad-like for him not to do the Batman voice. (sighs) You don't agree with that? (laughs) Sure, whatever. All right, now Damian Wayne, I'm going to, uh, the, the kid who voiced him is only 13 years old. Y- uh, Jonas Kabrib, I think is how you say his name. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. All right, he has not done a lot, but he's uh, he's going to be doing, he's the main character in the upcoming Pixar film, Ilio. And uh, he also does voices on Pupstruction, which I believe is a Paw Patrol spinoff. Oh. <sighs> He's 13. I can't hate him. The kid's trying to make money for him and his family. Good for him. So, uh, Alfred. Now, this is Alfred Pennyworth. Because there's been Alfreds. In the history of comics, going back to the, the Golden Age, There was Alfred wasn't fully developed as Alfred Pennyworth right off the bat. But Alfred Pennyworth, which has become the, the Alfred, was created by Bill Finger and Jerry Robinson. And uh, James Cromwell does his voice. Uh, if you don't know the name, you've seen this guy, like his TV credits are endless. I think this guy was on every TV show from 1974 
2015. He was uh, in uh, he was in the movie Babe, Babe the Pig. Here's an interesting thing. Yes, he's in the movie Babe, yeah. but he's also in the movie The Babe. Ah. <laughs> and technically Babe too, but <laughs> that's not as interesting. But uh, he also played yeah. George Stacy in Spider-Man Three. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But he's been in everything. Every every TV show you can think of, he's been on. I would have uh, I would have rather watched uh, him and the pig, but continue. And uh, the main villain, the clown prince of crime, the Joker. He's created by Bill Finger, Bob Kane, Jerry Robinson, David Hornsby does the voice. Most famously, he was uh, he's Rickety Cricket on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, he was uh, he does voices on uh, I think it's Wild Vine on Ben Ten. I've never seen that, but. Hold on, I want to make sure that I get that voice right. Uh, he was the Riddler on DC Superhero Girls. Um, he's also married to uh, Emily uh, Deschanel, uh, who was Bones. Oh, em- Emily Deschanel. Yeah, Zoe Deschanel's sister. Yes, and she was actually comic book related. She was actually in a uh, Spider-Man Two. Correct. Can we can we talk about that instead? Uh, <laughs> come on. I met I met her sister Zoe Deschanel at the uh, Ritz in Marina del Rey once. All right, the star of New Girl. Yes, one of my favorite shows. And Elf. Yeah, we uh, Elf also one of my Christmas favorites. And I don't like Will Ferrell. <laughs> Wild Vine is the character he voiced on Ben Ten. Great. All right, so on that. So note, listeners are starting to figure out. I'm trying to take us off on any tangent. That keeps me from talking about this movie. But let's continue. Let's let's I think trudge this movie along. Is gonna is gonna Christmas spirit is gonna kick in. I think this movie is gonna win you over. There's none. I'll talk <laughs> about that. other things. Then. I'll talk about other. Okay, continue. We'll just keep we'll trudging along. On that note, take a break. Get your eggnog. Get your fruit cake. Get your we'll put uh, rum. Put rum in the eggnog. <laughs> and we'll be right back. And we're going to have a good time talking Merry Little Batman. Stay with us. Merry Christmas, Gotham City. In breaking news, Gotham is officially crime-free as Batman continues to clean it up. Dad, I'm ready to be a superhero like you. Merry Christmas, kiddo. (gasps) My own utility which should only be used in case of a bat emergency. Oh, come on, Dad. I'm not a baby. Hey, I never said you were a baby. Emergency! Call for help. My precious little baby is in danger. It's the Justice League. Sorry, Damien. I gotta go. Shall I assume we did not see the Bat Razor? I like it. Totally ups my intimidation game. You have donut crumbs in your intimidation game, sir. <laughs> I promise I'll be back before Christmas. Oh man, I'm the worst dad ever. <laughs> Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. Joker! Oh, how I want to make this a very special Christmas Eve. And what better way to do it than by stealing Christmas! I have to show Dad I can handle myself. Whoa! It's a bit saggy. Well, that one just leaves nothing to the imagination. <gasps> Dad made me a bat suit? Awesome. Oh, wait until they get a load of me. You don't have what it takes to be a superhero. I can do this! I'm saving Christmas! All right, which one of you gave a little kid explosives? <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to break the ice, little Batman. Everybody in here! Yeah. What do you say? Need a wingman? More like a... Yeah. Sidekick. Kapow! Especially for systems from Atari. 
a video game that lets you help E.T. get home. Just in time for Christmas. Happy Holidays. Fireplaces glowing, icicles rowing, hearts overflowing with cheer. It's that wonderful season we all find some reason the Toys are Us time of year. The world's biggest toy stores, Toys are Us, the biggest selection, Toys are Us. Behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast. And we are back. And I hope you just watched Merry Little Batman. Um, I hope you had a power outage and couldn't. (laughs) So... The basic premise here is basically, uh, and again, spoiler alerts, I know this is pretty new, is basically it's kind of the future. They don't say how far into the future. Batman is pretty much eradicated. He worked overtime and eradicated crime in Gotham City uh, so he could settle down and be a dad and raise Damian Wayne. Makes you wonder why he didn't do that years ago and <laughs> prevented a lot of crime and death. I have, can, I have, can I ask my first question? Yes, you certainly can. Okay, in all seriousness, who was this movie made for? Is it like a kids' movie? I, I well, here's the thing. I I, I want to say kids, but I felt it was awfully long for children. It was endless. I mean, I I this thing felt like it was four hours long. Um, let's discuss uh, the animation style first of all. Oh, yeah, it's very. Uh, it looks like a children's book from like the the 70s or early 80s to me it kind of reminds me of and again i'm gonna age myself here it kind of reminds me of like that almost like that ren and stimpy style animation like very it's it's very odd it's very exact and again this is where I'll, i'll stop unnecessarily burying the movie and admit maybe i'm just a little too old for this style of animation I found it interesting. I think it was, was it Mike Roth? Was that who the director was? I think you said. Yeah, yes. Mike Roth. Yeah. It's Mike, Mike Roth. Like I, when I was kind of looking up stuff for this, I noticed that uh, he was actually one of the writers on Phineas and Ferb. Okay. And Phineas and Ferb now, I love Phineas and Ferb. Um, when my daughter was growing up, that was like the show we'd watch together. I'd be lying if I said, I haven't watched a Phineas and Ferb on my own since my daughter went to college. All right, all right. But like, but it it just struck me as like that weird newish animation style where everything's like overly exaggerated, and it, and it it was it was very Ren and Stimpy to me. And my problem is I hated Ren and Stimpy, so that might have been my first trigger. In fairness to this awful movie, that maybe I was biased going in. So basically the whole premise is it's basically Damian Wayne in Home Alone where Batman gets killed off to something and Damian Wayne's left by himself. Well, with Alfred. But it, it, and yet it wasn't like, okay, so here, here we go. So they introduce Alfred, right? Yeah. And Alfred in this, he's what, about 107 years old? He does look pretty. His design is the absolute worst of anybody. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. And okay. And now, like, there was this quote, this running quote unquote gag that Batman has a beard. Yeah. And like, he wouldn't shave the beard. I'm like, oh, this is stupid. It adds to the um, intimidation factor. Oh, it adds to the stupidity of this movie. So, like you said, uh, the premise is here's what I thought the premise was going to be Batman leaves Damien, bad guys show up. And it starts like it's going to be Home Alone. And I'll be honest, I was on board. I was on board for about 10 minutes of this movie of, okay, if this is kind of a Home Alone knockoff, with Damien defending Wayne Manor, and he somehow uses all the little bat gadgets and bat tricks and bat crazy stuff in crazy ways, I would have been on board. But then that part ended... And they went into like a whole separate adventure. 
Well, the whole premise also is uh, for a birthday present, he gave him a utility. He gave him Damien's first utility belt. For Christmas. For Christmas, which was Batman, Bruce Wayne's first utility belt. But like everything else, you know, it's got like foam, batarangs, and all that stuff because Batman's an overprotective dad. Okay, I chuckled at the foam battering. When it kind of floated to the ground. There are a lot of in-gags in and things that did make me chuckle overall. Um, oh. I like, like when he gets the call, the call from the Justice League to get Batman out of the house, there's a Wonder Twins reference. You know, that, that was kind of, kind of cute. Yes. Again, I chuckled. I, I did chuckle at the Wonder Twins reference. Um, I do like when he, when he accidentally bumps into Alfred and Alfred says, ah, that was my good hip. Oh, that was, no, stop it. Awful. He wants to get Alfred out of the house, so he uh, Alfred's going to make his world-famous hot chocolate with marshmallows. Are, are, are you not going to mention the cat's name? Oh, the cat wasn't, yeah, because Catwoman wasn't in it because of uh, uh, Selena. Uh, the, the cat's, cat's name, name is Selena. Selena because of Catwoman not being in the project. <sighs> um, I also do like how Batman refers to Talia as a smoke show. That was, that was a nice touch as well. But. My God. Uh, and uh, so Alfred, in fact, says that it's catastrophic that they're out of marshmallows. <laughs> so he is going to leave, and he, in fact, says that before the hot chocolate is even cold, he'll be back with the marshmallows. Remember that when you watch it, because there's a good 30 minutes of screen time before Alfred actually even gets the damn marshmallows. <laughs> you know, the, the phrase, it's like watching paint dry, it's like watching water boil. The new equivalent is now, it's like watching Alfred get marshmallows. Just torturously slow. The Home Alone part is when the two criminals try and break into Wayne Manor and he's going to fight them off. Where at one point he actually sets them both on fire, which I think is particularly ridiculous. Yep. Like I said, if they had just stuck with that, I could have been on board with this. And, uh... Batman, he does send them off. He goes into this elaborate thing. The Batcave, this nice in-gag with the different bat suits in there. Uh-huh. In fact, the one from the Schumacher years is in there. Yeah. Because they made a nipple joke. Ha ha. <sighs> <sighs> I feel you don't really have a lot of Yuletide spirit. Because <laughs> you've destroyed it. This, this, this movie. No. Okay. Ho, ho, ho. Let's, let's go, go, go. He does get a bat suit that fits him, which of course, in the trope of modern superheroes, this suit has an AI with a personality that can talk to him. Sure does. Like in the Iron Man movies, like in Blue Beetle, like in Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean... But it was it was Batman's voice. It was Batman's AI. Batman yes. downloaded himself into the suit in case of his death. Yeah. But he wasn't really dead. He was just, what, the North Pole or something? Yes, they find out it was... Uh, he doesn't know why, but this... There's some. This was a false alarm to obviously get him away from Gotham City. Right. Who did it? Was it Joker, Mister Freeze? Who tricked him? I missed that part. Yeah, Mister Freeze, who was wearing okay. a Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt and obviously making right. some attempts at Arnold Schwarzenegger type Mister Freeze humor. Yeah, I think there might have been like 15, 20 minutes in the middle where I slipped into a hot buttered rum induced coma, um, where I just tuned out. Were you as confused as I was that he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt the whole time? I finally figured it okay. out later on, but... Okay, Matt, that's what confused you about this movie? <laughs> I like how there's a... Uh, Joker's headquarters is the uh, Jolly Jack's Candy Factory. Mm-hmm. There was a... Uh, trying to track down the utility belt because the um, there was a Dark Knight reference about how uh, he should use the cell phones to track... His utility belt. Mm -hmm. So that was good. What did you think? I liked the Joker in this. I thought he was the best part of the movie. I, I to say the Joker is the best part of this movie. That's like saying you're the smartest idiot in the room. The, the, the bar wasn't set too high. But the Joker, here's my, th all right. So I, I know you've reviewed it. I think uh, I, I forget maybe with your niece, uh, the new Harley Quinn animated show. Yes, I did. Re I reviewed the, the pilot episode I reviewed. Okay. 
yeah, I don't know how old your niece is, but that's not, you know, that, that's a kind of an adult-oriented show, right? Here's here's my thing. Uh, I like Harley Quinn. I, I like a good parody, okay? And I think the Harley Quinn series has done a good job of of creating a funny parody universe of um of the the Batverse. This I felt was just a less successful. What I'm getting to is, you know, you mentioned that the main villain in this is the Joker, and he was the best part. I, I guess you know how Matt we've spoken in the past about how your biggest pet peeve in the Batman universe is what? That every new project they do, they show the Waynes getting shot, right? Yeah, that and that if it's a big story, they have to have every member of the Rogues Gallery show up. Those are my two biggest complaints. Great. Mine is probably a corollary to the second one, is that why is it in every Batman project now, we have to go to the Joker? Like, if this is, like, Merry Christmas Batman, I know he's his greatest villain and all that, but Merry Christmas Batman, you, you've you got Penguin, you've got Mr. Freeze, who I know is in it, who, they're at least cold weather related villains. Just tell a slightly different story. W- was there any mystery where this was going to end up? No, it was going to end up with Joker. Well, you're probably right about that. And, and again, that's just my, that's my personal pet peeve. Now, uh, he goes to see Santa to try and, because Santa knows all, to track down his uh, utility belt. And Santa and the elf are actually Bane and Poison Ivy. Right. This is the first time I finally figured out why Mr. Freeze was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Because all the villains are old. Do you get it? Old people wear Hawaiian shirts. You know, now I just feel you're making this personal toward me, Matt. Uh they're they're old now, so retired old guys wear right. Hawaiian shirts. I I actually didn't really pick up on that. So, um, Bane's wearing glasses, and Poison Ivy has gray hair. It's like I what what annoyed me in this part, this little section of the movie was kind of the the fact that we were calling back to uh, what I consider to be the worst uh, live action Batman movie, which is Batman and Robin. Because this whole little portion, what, what were we doing? We had Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, and Bane. And Bane. Who were the three villains in uh, Batman and Robin. Um, he ends up kicking, uh, hitting Bane in the balls with a, bo- a floorboard at one point. All kind of havoc during this chase. So everybody is blaming this snack-sized Scrooge for ruining Christmas. Which was the Joker's plan all along. And one scene that generally made me laugh when the Joker got up to start typing and he just started typing, ha, 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 <laughs> That generally got, that got a laugh. All right. That, so we're up to three chuckles. I got three chuckles from this show. So he gets, he lures him to the hideout. He gives Penguin the utility belt to tease him, which Penguin is on an old person scooter, you know, because he's old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Joker even calls him incontinent at one point. Yeah, I believe he does. <laughs> now, either this scene you're going to find funny or you're going to find really annoying where the joke is that Joker is a master manipulator. Mm-hmm. And he just says, you'll never get the utility belt back. But Damien says, yes, I will. And he says, you never will. Yes, I will. You never will. <laughs> they just keep going back and forth. It was the equivalent of uh, Sideshow Bob stepping on rakes. So it was almost like the hunting season, duck season bit. Yes, okay, but that's probably a better analogy. All right. During this fight scene, he, he ends up accidentally destroying Christmas floats. Like everything Damien does really is, uh, is not contributing to Gotham having a very Merry Christmas. Right. They even they turn on the bat signal. That's Gordon's great plan. Because Gordon's too busy building a gingerbread house. Isn't that the new trope now in all these animated things, whether it's Harley Quinn or this one, where basically Commissioner Gordon's an idiot? Yeah, that's sort of becoming like a, depending on what version, yeah, that's sort of becoming either he's a serious cop or he's just a clown. Yeah. Then at this point, 
take in mind, like 30 minutes, you finally get a shot of Alfred with the bag of, mar- of marshmallows at the store. Mm-hmm. Now, take in mind, he said he'd be back before the hot chocolate was cold. And we're just now getting him with the thing of marshmallows. Now, now Matt, do you, do you like mar- marshmallows in your hot chocolate? Yes, I, I do. Okay. I'm not a big marshmallow guy, but I do like them in my hot chocolate. Okay, so so you don't like like an, you you don't like an abundance of marshmallows in your hot chocolate. No, I like a bunch of little small ones or like okay. one bigger one. Now, do you, do you prefer hot chocolate with milk or water? Technically, doesn't have to have milk to be considered hot chocolate. No, I mean there's like instant hot chocolate that you make with water. All right, well, no, I prefer milk. Okay, you prefer milk. So milk with little marshmallows. Yeah. What are your feelings on, on fluff, marshmallow fluff in hot chocolate? Where are you going with all this? I'm trying to do anything but talk about this movie, Matt. Now, they did this noir scene where I thought for sure they were going to retell Crime Alley and <laughs> the shooting of his parents. I I for sure thought that was coming. That was That might have been my biggest moment of joy watching this because I knew we were going to be doing the podcast. <laughs> and same thing when they went to that, I'm like, how awful is it that at this point, because this was pretty late in the movie. Yes. How awful is it that I'm go, sitting there going, oh, please show the Waynes getting shot. Please show the Waynes getting shot. Only because I wanted to be here for your meltdown. But they didn't do it, surprisingly. That's what I was there for. That That's all I wanted was I want to hear your meltdown. Like old school, Matt Spectro, yelling, screaming, ranting meltdown about why they had to show it. And yet again, the movie failed me. But Alfred, uh, you got a decent, one of the better written scenes about how Alfred explains. He gets him the marshmallows in the thermos and the hot chocolate and explains how the reason Batman the way he is is because he wants to protect Damien's childhood because Bruce's own childhood was taken away from him when his parents were murdered. So that I thought was an actual, uh, that was a solid part of the, uh, of the story. Underratedly, I will say that in many of these Batman projects that I don't like, Alfred is often the character I like the most. Yeah. I kind of like Alfred's whole, you know, fatherly vibe for the whole Batman family. That might have been the one part of this movie I, I actually liked was, you know, Alfred being the one who connected with, to, with Damien. Um, and then, uh, of course, we can talk on another podcast about, so of course, what did DC do in their comics? Uh, kill Alfred. Which makes brilliant sense. They still haven't brought him back either. No, it, it's been a while though. It's been a few years, right? Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, Bane killed him, I think, during City of Bane. I think it was, and yeah, that was uh, that was a couple of years ago. And now Dick Grayson's like a billionaire. Yeah, Alfred because of a Alfred, billionaire. he left all his money to Dick Grayson. Right. Now the Joker's hideout t- turns it to be a giant snow globe, and. Uh, he gives a big speech about how, how miserable they all were when crime ended because it wasn't about committing crimes. It was really what brought the rogues together as a, as a makeshift family. And that's what made them all so depressed when Batman ended crime. Can I ask again, who was this movie aimed at? <laughs> I, I there, think... There, there were too many like inside little Batman jokes and like emotional, quote-unquote, emotional moments. To says me, well, it's not really made for kids, but the animation and the concept is just so beyond juvenile that I can't believe it was made for adults. Maybe it was meant for like an adult Batman fan to watch with their small child. A parent should be reported to the Department of Social Services. (laughs) They try and make a... And Joker tries to convince Damien he's a villain just like them. Even gives him, they're going to present him with a u- utility belt with explosives and whatnot and real batarangs. Batman does arrive finally, and uh, they do the great bake about working together where he finally accepts working with Damien. I like this because uh, Penguin made a, a, a Batman Returns reference. I don't know if you caught that. I, I missed that. Where he says how, uh, you know, it was so sweet. Reminds me of my own father. I. I liked him until he dumped my bassinet into a sewer drain. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I missed that. Like I said, at this point, I, w- I was, I was, I was three, you know, 
Yule Nogs deep in the movie at this point. So obviously, you know, they get what everyone's expecting. Batman accepts Damien's just not a little kid. He has to come on his own. He, Damien learns his lesson about responsibility, sacrifice, and I think dedication was the other one. Gets his utility belt. They defeat the villains, father and son. And he even says, uh, Merry Christmas to me and to you a dark night. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And they have a Grinch-type scene where Damien and Bruce Wayne, they return Christmas to Gotham City, give all the presents back. Right. Damien implies that Joker and Batman are actually friends, that they actually like each other. Uh, and he feels bad for the Joker because he's all alone on Christmas. See, you just you just referenced the, the Grinch. Yep. And I, I feel like, and again, I'm, try, I, I'm trying to be holiday positive here, man. But, like, I feel like the movie, if it had been, like, a parody of multiple Christmas movies, like, we talked about how it was Home Alone at the beginning, then there's kind of, like, the, the, the Grinch part at the end. Like, that could have been fun-ish if it had been a parody. It was just, it was just so disjointed, like, I kind of felt like after the first uh, the the burglars break into Wayne Manor and we had the Home Alone thing, I honestly thought I'm like, oh wow, this is going to be the finish of the movie. What the hell is the next hour about? And then like the movie just kind of just just had no logic or flow to me. Well, the all ends. Christmas dinner at Big Belly Burger, and it's Batman, Damien, Alfred, Commissioner Gordon, and Joker in handcuffs. And they once again sing Jingle Bells, because uh, that's one of the only songs Joker knows. Right. And there you have it, a merry little Batman. <laughs> You've let your feelings be known a lot. Uh, before we get into an official ranking, let's let's attempt to discuss the, the good, uh, the positives of Merry Little Batman. <laughs> It's Christmas, Christmas, so I like that, and I like Joker. I thought he was the best part. Um, uh, there's a few things that made me laugh. Not, not a lot. <laughs> I'm trying not to be harsh. I'm trying to be like you know, this wasn't necessarily made for guys our age. So I'm trying not to be too critical of it. But, but, but I, I ask you again. Great, it wasn't made for guys our age. Hundred percent. But I'm all in on childish juvenile humor. It wasn't even that. Let's see. What what I like about the movie. Yeah, can you name it? <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. Um, I did enjoy some of the uh, random throwaway references to other Bat properties. Like you said, the Wonder Twins joke. Uh, you know, even like uh, the, the, the scene with the parade, right? Yeah. It was vaguely reminiscent of 89 Batman Joker with the floats and the balloons and all that. I missed the penguin reference, but now that you repeated it, okay, that's it. like I liked some of that stuff even though I I I personally when he made the bat nipples joke on the on the bat suit in the case, I groaned. But I did think what was funny was a second before that, like they showed in the one of the things in the case was like the old 1930s Batman suit, like with the floppy ears and the loose mask. So I, I thought some of that stuff was funny, kind of just the, the ongoing references to some of the historical Batman stuff. You know, I picked up on the fact that it was uh, Freeze, Ivy, and Bane were the villains in that one section with the throwback to Batman and Robin. So I, I, I did like that stuff. Well, I did like also that uh, they had the traditional Batcave. They had the giant penny, the dinosaur, and the Joker yeah. playing card. Yeah. I mean, one thing one thing that annoyed me about it was, and I guess I, guess I got to take off my like Batman nerd hat for a minute. Damian Wayne, it was just a completely different character than any Damian Wayne that's ever existed anywhere else, right? That's great. Yeah, it was nothing like any Damian Wayne story I've ever read. Yeah, it was almost like it was all, and I guess as I think through it, we said Mike Roth was was like a writer for Phineas and Ferb. It it was almost like one of these Disney Channel Nickelodeons, whether it's a Phineas or Phineas and Ferb, or what's the uh, 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 Fairly Odd Parents? That one. Yeah. 
it's almost like one of those kids was Damien. You know what I mean? No, I can see what you're saying. It was almost kind of like, uh, for lack of better phrasing, like generic 2000s cartoon kid was Batman's son. And that's where we got the alleged comedy in all of this. And I guess I've just, it's, it's been done so much better. You know, it's been done better on Phineas and Ferb. You know, Phineas and Ferb had both, I think, a Star Wars and a uh, Avengers crossover. Where they did that well, where they took this current animation style and current animation characters and, and meshed it with a classic franchise and it worked. For me, this just didn't work. It wasn't true enough to the to the core materials. And it wasn't outrageous enough like Harley Quinn that's taken that whole Batman mythos and just turned it up to 20 to make it absolutely ridiculous. Maybe that's my issue with it. Like I said, it's uh, it's Christmas time, and I don't think I'm the target audience, so I don't want to be too harsh, but it's too darn long. <laughs> I gotta be- oh, it was definitely too long. It just, it really felt like it dragged in parts. And at the old, the villains are old gag was like, Batman's not old. Why are the villains old? Like, that was yeah. kind of just went to some bad attempts at humor. Animation style is really weird. Uh, <laughs> some of the jokes, not so much. I'd, I'd be interested to hear what like a, a younger kid thinks of it. But again, I, I can't. I'm, I, I've tried to be nice. Actually, I've never tried to be nice on this one. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why uh, you keep picking Batman properties to punish me on this show. And I'm not sure Luke Wilson is the... I don't know if I like happy-go-lucky Batman or not. I'm not, I'm not <sighs> sure about that. You know, when we compare this to other animated Batman properties, we have to exclude uh, Batman the Animated Series because I think that's on the level all of its own. But, like, you can look at something like Brave and the Bold, who, um, oh, what's his name? Is it uh, Dietrich Baker, the guy I always remember from Drew Carey's show? Yeah, um, Dietrich Baker. Where, yeah, where he he was Batman on there, and it was a lighter, more fun team up Batman show. I I can accept that. It's not like I want my Batman to always be Frank Miller Dark Knight. I think you and I have spoken in the past. That actually bothers me just as much. Where I think that is another huge crutch for Batman writers now. Is okay. We're not sure what to do with Batman. Let's just make him the angriest a-hole we can make him. And to me, that's not interesting either. But I, I just keep going back to the word that keeps coming back into my head trying to watch this this movie was it was just so disjointed. Like the story was disjointed. The characters were disjointed. You know, you said, it, why are the villains so old? But Batman's kind of middle-aged. And Damien's like eight. Right? Is that about how old he is? Yeah, he's eight in the show, on the cartoon. Uh, okay, so he's eight. You know, m- maybe what would have been funnier would have been if Batman was old, too, and the villains acted up. And now Damien has to use all of Batman's stuff that he finds in the cave to try to... It, just, it was just so weird. I don't know. Well, on the subject... <laughs> Let's jump right to the ranking system. Let's jump to the spectrometer. Anyone new to this show, spectrometers where we rank what we saw. Zero spectros, absolute garbage. Four spectros, perfection. I mean, uh, you've made your feelings pretty evident, but what's your official ranking for a merry little Batman? Okay. So... I I would go with on a on a spectro scale. Um, I, I mean, a, a zero might be too kind. <laughs> Do we have negative spectros? Nobody's ever done a negative, but you certainly I wouldn't stop you if that was. I am giving this <laughs> negative three spectros. Wow! Yep. Wow! That is a let it. 
It's a record, folks. The lowest ranking in the history of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Negative yeah. three Spectros. I'm trying. Now, do you know what else I watch on HBO Max? What? I watched that new show, Velma. I'm sorry. The Scooby-Doo thing. Why? I ended up hate-watching the entire series. <laughs> you fool. And I honestly thought to myself one day, I'm like, I will never watch an animated anything that's worse than this. And this movie came close. Uh, are you sure you didn't just get a lump of coal in your stocking and maybe? You no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a happy holiday fellow right now. I love stuff. Uh, I, I'm going to go with with I, I'm I'm going to be a lot more generous. I, I'm going to give it a two. Uh, it definitely wasn't great. It was well. I'm going to go one and a half. One. It was it was okay. It was average. What what may I ask? What is the lowest ranking you've ever given on your show? How many episodes have you done? Uh, this is two thousand. This is episode 115 that we're on. So 115 episodes you've done. You've probably been there for about 110 of them, right? Yeah. Because you've had a few fill-in hosts. I've filled yeah. in a few times. Um, what's the lowest rating you've ever given? I believe the lowest ranking I ever gave anything was uh, when uh, Michael Crockett and I did uh, Fred and Barney Meet the Thing. I think that was the lowest rating I ever gave. And what'd you give it? A half a spectra. Fred and Barney Meet the Thing. Yes. I'm, I'm going to go watch it now. The 90s Iron Man cartoon, I only gave a one. I was pretty harsh on that as well. I can't believe you've watched things that were worse than this. <laughs> it's, I'm going to go uh, one and a half. Uh, like I said, it, it, it... You are in the holiday spirit. I, I definitely... I, I don't think I would sit down and watch it again. But I, I wouldn't go around. It's not like a, I think it's the worst goddamn thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I would rather sit at a 90-minute lecture of Scotty Slade telling me why Die Hard is a Christmas movie rather than watch this again. So would you rather watch Velma over this? No, like I said, I thought this was going to get it, but this was not as bad as Velma. If this gets negative three, uh, Velma, what does that get? Like a negative five? Oh, God, Velma. Did you watch Velma? No, no. Why would I watch that? Oh, it was awful. I encouraged everyone on social media, on my podcast. I said, just please don't hate watch it. Just ignore it. Nothing will send Nothing will send a message like apathy, but nope. I should have taken your advice. I hate watched the whole thing. The day, the week that came out, I have never seen more YouTube videos about something in pop culture like that. There was a thumbnail of Velma filled on YouTube. YouTube channels I've never heard of. And <laughs> all of them did a, this is the worst cartoon I've ever seen. It, it, it was truly awful and I watched the entire thing. But what did you think out there? Did you like Merry Little Batman? Uh, you couldn't have liked it any worse than... <laughs> you couldn't have disliked it any more than Jamie, but maybe you like it and think we're just a couple old boomers and uh, we're off the mark. But uh, go to my social media or go to Jamie's and uh, let me know. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Spectro. Follow me while you're there. Facebook, uh, Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Give me a follow. And you can even, if you ever stumble across Hive, you can find me at Hive at Matt Spectro, all lowercase letters. Wow. Jamie, uh, thanks for joining us. You're like a social media, you know, uh, you're like, you're like a, an influencer now. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, this is usually the free plug time of the show, but I haven't touched base with you in a while. So do you have anything to plug? And if you do, now's the time. Well, I suggest everybody, uh, you can find me. You can still find me on Twitter. I am at Jamie J U C W. That's actually where you can find me on all the social media. It's at Jamie J U C W. Uh, I encourage everybody check out where I've landed out here in California. Go to propstore.com. I'm actually with an amazing company now, Map. We're you know as we talk about uh, bat movies and bat things. Uh, what our company does is we actually hold these giant auctions where we buy and sell actual movie props. And just uh, about a month ago, uh, I got to be there and see and set up uh, Val Kilmer's actual. It was called the Panther Suit from Batman, uh, excuse me, Batman Forever. 
Uh, we had his Batarangs. We actually had his Bat Bolo. We had Tommy Lee Jones's uh, Two Face costume. And this past summer, probably the coolest one, we had two. Uh, we had two of Michael Keaton's original bat suits, one from Batman in '89, and one from uh, Batman Returns. So yeah, so check out PropStore.com. That's where you can see all the cool stuff we have. And keep an ear on. I'll start plugging very soon. I do think I'm going to be starting very soon a new podcast sponsored by Prop Store called Prop Stories. That's where my friend Dan Hill and I we're going to talk about some of the greatest movie props, the history behind them, and uh, where they are now and how much they're worth. So uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, keep an ear on. I'll start promoting that soon. Uh, Prop Stories sponsored by Prop Store. And I want to thank everyone who's uh, joined us for this podcast. If you could. Uh... Subscribe to my podcast. I appreciate it. Give it a five-star review. Give it a like. Share it with anyone. Anything that helps the algorithm and uh, helps me get my podcast out there. I appreciate it. I have a guest oh, Matt, 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 wait, wait, one more. I have one more plug. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. I, I, I thought of it late. If Scotty Slade is listening, would you call me? Just call me, Scotty Slade. I'd love to hear from you. Maybe it's time for a For the Pops reunion. Um, you know, I'd love to talk to you, but uh, he won't return my calls. Uh, Sky Slate hates me too, so I, I doubt he's listening. So. Damn it. But like I said, if you could subscribe to the podcast, give it a five-star review. Give it a like. I appreciate it. Uh, I have a guest on every week, so if you're a listener who would uh, be interested in being on the show, talk comic books and talk animation, hit me up on social media and let me know. All guests are welcome. You don't have to have your own podcast. I just like to sit and chat with different people, get different viewpoints. That's half the fun. Jamie, thanks for uh, joining us uh, once again. My pleasure. It's it's nice to be back. I hope to be back again. And um, uh, let me know when we want to record um, the 2023 uh, guest of the year. Because I, you know, I got the email that uh, I've wanted again. So just let me know when we want to do that little ceremony. I'm very excited. So thank you again. I appreciate that. I appreciate you uh, naming me the 2023 guest of the year. I appreciate all your fans being there for me. And again, remember, if you enjoyed tonight's episode, go back and uh, listen to my original Christmas episode, because clearly it's popular across the interwebs. And if you haven't heard it yet, uh, you should definitely give that one a listen. Probably one of the best episodes of the show. So uh, so thanks for having me back, Matt. So on my anniversary this spring, I always bring back my uh, five most popular guests. Right now, uh, Jamie is number one. So if you want to do something to change that, you better download some other episodes. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just giving them the option, that's all. You know, no respect. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us. I hope you have a safe and happy holiday. And uh, to quote a great man, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night.